Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Cigar Group's Investigating Angel, where we are going episode by episode of Angel and using them to talk about life things. Hi, I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm James. And we are discussing episode 12 of season one, which is a very interesting episode. <laughs> it's called Expecting. Yes, it's called Expecting. And, and expect a- an interesting podcast episode about it. <laughs> yeah it's gonna yeah you can there's many things to expect uh a quick reminder our investigating angels are uh recorded down in the central library of los angeles where it's a little bit later right it's a little bit of a different show a little bit of a darker show so we kind of go off model a little bit from sunnydale study groups usual buffy conversations mm-hmm. we kind of do whatever we want we kind of have like crazy discussions and so that's exactly what you can expect <laughs> from this um how's everyone doing doing okay yeah, we can be honest. It's an Angel episode. Uh, doing great. I had an interesting morning when I was watching some of these Angel episodes because it was like, the, the air is cooler in LA. Mm-hmm. It feels a little autumnal, mm-hmm. uh, at least as much as Los Angeles can feel. And so as I was watching these Angel episodes in an autumnal breeze, it gave me a little bit of a nostalgic kick because it made me remember being a young kid mm-hmm. watching Buffy and Angel in New Hampshire when I was growing up. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, in places where it's not boiling. Yeah, and I feel like Boreanaz is starting to really kind of lock into his angel performance. Uh, Absolutely. It's it's very leaps and bounds from just even being on the television show of Mm -hmm. how he does fit much better as a leading man in general than um, just kind of supporting others and yeah. in, in how he's able to kind of expand on how he performs. Yeah. Step out of the shadows, mm-hmm. make some choices, have some fun. Yeah, and letting Angel be... So it's like non-evil Angel on Buffy was this kind of very soap opera melodramatic figure who was always brooding and sad. And then you have Angelus, who's very fun. And then I feel like as this show began, he was always just kind of in go, go, go by the books trying to solve a mystery mode. And now I feel like Angel, the character, and David Boreanaz as a performer is finally finding this like, okay, how can good Angel, not evil Angel, be just a man with friends mm-hmm. and exist and live his life? I so I like, felt like yeah. this one, and I think that the, I feel also about this episode that the, um, the production value starting to kind of kick back to get its act together. Yeah. It doesn't feel as like backlotty. It's like some WB like yeah. digital straight to web. Yeah. <laughs> it's starting to kind of, and I like that it's settling into what's different about it. Like mm-hmm. Cordy having Dennis, I think is one of the most like defining features of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least in terms of like, there's nothing like that on Buffy at all. You know, a ghost roommate. Yeah, no, there's not. Yeah. And it's just further embracing the fact that it, it takes place in Los Angeles mm-hmm. over yeah. anything else. Like, it really is embracing, especially in this episode, or the, at least the first half, the just the culture yeah. of L.A. nightlife. And, mm-hmm. and just the city itself is becoming a character in its own right in certain aspects. So it's yeah. great. We're kind of getting to, like, the thick of season one. We're, like, uh, kind of getting halfway through here at this point. So it's, it's great. It's taking its form. So... I say let's um, wander down into the library, and while we're doing that, Jim, hit the music. All right, now let's say 
you really wanted to watch this episode, but you woke up and suddenly you're like, hey, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Um, <laughs> so luckily, we down here in the Central Library found this old answering machine from a phone call that Angel Investigations got around the time that this episode happened. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and, uh, and just go ahead and click play here. Um, hey, hi, uh, Angel Investigations, long-time uh, reader of your business card, first-time caller. Uh, I just wanted to give you a heads-up that there are these sort of, you know, skeevy L.A. photography types who are taking women on dates, but actually it turns out what they're doing is they are uh, kind of surrogate fathers for a demon that is going to impregnate these women and use their bodies to uh, bring forth its spawn. Um, so if you and your cohorts would be willing to to get to the bottom of that, uh, possibly uh, your compatriot Cordelia seems like she might be a target of a situation like this. And I think it would be really best if you figured out what it was all about and then destroyed the demons at the center of it. That would be great. If you could call me uh, back at 555-555-555-555-555 and a partridge in a pear tree, that would be fantastic. Uh, thank you so much. Good night. I noticed in that um, voicemail that there was an ambulance that went in the background. I thought that really was some amazing um, audio budget. That, yes. And then like, it's almost thinking about it now. I can still hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, I wonder where they're going. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the episode. Um, essentially, there's creepy LA bros. Mm-hmm. And they are getting women pregnant so that they can have demon babies. Yeah, so yes. that is they've, they've literally struck a what deal. this episode is about. That's the elevator yeah. pitch I give anytime I'm in an elevator with someone. They've uh, <laughs> struck a deal with a demon, and through them, they uh, kind Axel. of transfer his seed, I guess, to females, and help give birth to possible children, and out of that, they get success in their chosen fields. Mm-hmm. How what? terrible. It just work. Here's the thing. Anytime I hear of someone taking a demon shortcut, I'm always like, just work hard. <laughs> yeah. Like, and if the, if you're in a specific field, right, where it's like you'll never, for some certain reason, like a group you identify with or people identify you with, it's just like people are like, no, we're biased against it. You'll never succeed in this field. I can sort of understand being like, what? At least exploring what measures can I do in order to set an example, break this glass ceiling, you know? Mm-hmm. What are things we can do? What are Even if we have to cut some corners. But just guys, just you know LA guys, I'm just like, just, yeah. but just do it. Like, just do the thing and like get better, get a better website. Hey, man, I think we all start out that way and then time goes by and we've been working hard and there's just, there hasn't been much advancement in our careers. And after, after a while, you know... A demon looks like a good option. Like a demon in your pee-pee? Like, that's like... <laughs> demon in your pee-pee? <laughs> I think it was more of a psychic connection on... In, it, on Haxel's part? Yeah. So demon through your pee-pee? That's pretty weird. You know what it reminds me of is... <laughs> Haxel is the catheter yeah. of, uh, <laughs> of demon reproduction. So we're just going to put this Haxel uh, in your... And it'll only be in there for a few years. But yeah. no. It's very lizard... Uh, it's very reptile boy. Season two. Very ish. reptile boy. And yeah, as our friends Buffering the Vampire would slay, say... Would slay. Mm-hmm. As Buffering the Vampire would slay. Uh, it's the demon lizard patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, yeah. Is, and this is that sort of same idea where Vinnie Van Lowe 
or whatever that actor's name is. He plays Vinny Van Loe and Veronica Mars. What is his name? Ken, Ken Marino. Marino. Ken Marino. Oh my God, that guy. Ken Marino of Wet Hot American Summer fame. Yeah. 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 And Play, Burning Love. Yeah, going uh, off of the comedy uh, track and doing a more serious kind of role for once. Yeah. Not usually his thing. No, he's usually very kind of oafish and hilarious. Yes, but this was before Ken Marino was Ken Marino, mm-hmm. as we kind of know him now. So he's just an actor trying to get that audition, man. Trying to get that audition. Yeah. He got it. He got on Angel. He got it, and he nailed the audition. He got the audition, and then he got a callback, mm-hmm. and then he got hired. But going back to, you know, referencing Reptile Boy again, how that's about, like, young people and, and frats and stuff, and how Angel is, is very much about Los Angeles and its whole culture, yeah. it totally makes sense that there's demons that um, struggling artists and stuff are selling themselves. I mean, here's this yeah. photographer and whatnot. And Ken Marino, by the way, if we're doing the math on Cordelia, who's just moved to Los Angeles after graduating high school, she's 19. Yeah. Has somehow found her way into a bar where they're, you know, That's allowing a good her point. underage drink. Now, here's Ken Marino's character, who at the very least is like mid-20s to late-20s. Who knows? But he's this guy who's consciously dating a 19-year-old girl, thus making him the most stereotypically... Uh, the most stereotypical like scumbag LA photographer mm-hmm. um, ever. So Which is what we call, I believe, in Los Angeles, is the term James Wooding, right? Am I wrong? <laughs> uh, I've never used it. Well, well, well hopefully you, can. hopefully you won't find yourself in situations where I have. We get to say point it. a finger and just be like, James Woods is here. We should no. leave. Actually, James Woods should leave. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. It's okay. So th- this is all. It's like toxicity, right? Like that's yeah. the whole idea is like the trickle down is like the demon is toxicity. And then people are just like, oh, but if I want what I am getting instead of staying free of toxicity, I'll just embrace it and I'll sacrifice these girls to a snake deity or I will use a psychic link like a Star Trek nemesis sort of situation mm-hmm. and make people pregnant like right away. Yeah. Like right, right away where you wake up in the morning and you're pregnant. Yeah, this one is so odd because I don't I don't love the treatment of the Cordelia character in many episodes of this first season. You mean Cordelia? Season. Hmm? Like the stand-in Cordelia archetype, which in this show happens to be Cordelia Chase. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, this one in particular, it's just like when she wakes up and then she's pregnant and then it just focuses on that and she's like having to go through like this like strange demon pregnancy and then like the, the to me the most like iconic moment from the episode like the one that I was like oh right this one is when they extract the fluid and then yeah. it burns it mm-hmm. that was kind of interesting yeah. i mean we do get treated to a, an interesting scene though that that makes it a bit of an allegory in a sense of uh when angel and wesley um show up to her part and she just can't even get out of bed and they're trying to talk her out of like or talk her into like you know going about the day at the very least like her whole thing is like what do i do like do i even call him is there even a point like i mean i barely know this guy and now i'm pregnant like what happens now this is a conversation people have when they find out they're pregnant by someone Mm -hmm. that they don't know very well and i think it actually does capture the fear and panic that one has yeah um in a situation that like that that does happen quite often in real life. So we we get to kind of be exposed to that for a little bit, which is nice. And then it yeah. tends to go a little bit off the rails into more angelly demon stuff. Of course, because then they have to fight the demons and destroy that connection. But <laughs> as one does uh in real life. Yeah, that's so true. It totally it totally hits on that 
I feel, I mean, I watch a decent amount of television. I feel like I haven't really seen that touched upon a whole lot outside mm-hmm. of like maybe some older ABC family shows yeah, or you, special episodes. It was you know? something that would come up a couple times in the 90s. Just you'd have your pregnancy episode. And yeah. what do you do about your unexpected pregnancy? That was yeah. the only one. So it became, it was a bit, it, would, it was something that would happen a lot, uh, especially in the late 90s and early aughts of you know, talking about. Um, you know, pregnancy termination, pro-life stuff. Right. And most television shows um, that would either be ended up working into the plot or uh, if it was just a character who was there for an episode, usually they decide to keep the baby. Um, going off track here, one of the only shows that actually ended up um, actually terminating a pregnancy on the television show was Everwood. Um, with uh, a character that was played by Kate Mara, who's a, hey. a very busy actress now. Yeah. Um, and that was also a WB show. Um, but yeah, that's, that's not something that's quite crossed in this episode. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it was a, unexpected pregnancies was a big, um, plot point for, um, episodic television back in the day. Fast forward to now, and like in BoJack, there's like three unexpected pregnancies in like one episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I have a crazy, the redeemed, um, manual about mm-hmm. Angel mm-hmm. has a crazy Joss Whedon quote. Uh, please. All right. You ready for it? Uh, probably Absolutely. not. <laughs> it's like, I just like, I was like, oh my God. So, uh, Whedon was responding to criticism of the episode of at course. the time, uh, on the website, the bronze, which was like an old, like forum. Is I believe. it still around? I don't think so. Maybe it's still there. I'll check right now. The bronze.com. Mm-hmm. He said, but on subjects other than my sensitive, noble and politically motivated commitment to hot girl on girl action, I've heard some grumblings about the premarital sex on Angel. Personally, I don't see the problem. I believe that postmarital sex is a sin, something my wife Kai is getting angrier and angry about. What's her problem? Uh, well, that <laughs> did not age well. No. Oh no. I was going to not read it, and we could even cut it from the episode if we need to, but as I was like flipping through this, and I was like, oh my god. No, I, this is why, this is the kind of stuff we can dive into in the Investigating Angels. Yeah, it's, uh... I was like, oh, I wonder what this book mic. says about it. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> this topic! I mean, foreshadowing much? I don't know. Maybe? Or like uh, at the time shadowing? Yeah. A shadow? Uh, so that's his stance. Post-marital sex is a sin. You know who also believed that? Um, Paul. I believe at the time his name was Saul, right? St. Paul? St. Paul believed that postmarital sex was a sin? Yeah, that there's different tiers of heaven, and that if you have intercourse uh, for what I believe is to be non-reproductive purposes, but it might even include for reproductive purposes, that you don't get into the top tier of heaven. Mm, it's because nice. he also like had like a lot of diseases and stuff. It was just like, it's not a good idea. Look, if I can't do it, neither can you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one reading of it, yeah. God. Um, so like this club that yeah, the they club. all go Let's to. Let's talk about this weird club. Really quick, yeah. sorry, before we get into the club, the bronzeforums.org, if this is the correct website, has six users online right now. Still active. Right now, online. <laughs> the board has no forums. Well, that's very confusing. Uh, how can I tell? It tells me. In total, there are six users online, which means like right now online is where like checking this website. Um, you should just send them a quick message being like, hey, we're recording this thing. How hey quickly get a going? response? Uh, I'm going to read these really quickly because um, we can. Uh, Frank, Philip J. Fry. Okay, so Frank is someone who's a, a, a registered user. Philip J. Fry is a registered user, which right. makes sense. Um, and we'll see you in the future, sir. And then uh, Wankenstein Funkhausen. 
Well, that guy sounds exciting. That is the most 90s forum name ever. name I have, have a, heard in have a very long time. Eternal screams, no vowels. <laughs> <laughs> the S is a three. Uh, <laughs> what was what was your guys' first like handle on like oh, AOL? Boy, I got some good ones. Actually, I've got one good one. Um, my oh god. Well, the one that my this is gonna sound so hilarious and silly. The one that my mother made for me, but then <laughs> I quickly changed. Why? Because uh, she just like set it up for all of us. Okay. Was Lil Blues eighty seven? Oh, because I love the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Little Blues eighty seven, so adorable. Okay. And then I changed it to Guy three eighteen, G Y three one eight. And then nice. I was like, yeah, that was my like. If they, if you ask my high school friends, what was Chris's screen name? They'd say Guy three eighteen. What about you guys? Um, I split my time because you could have more than one profile. Okay. Um, I split my time between Cracker Ninja, and Scream one eight seven. Um, <laughs> I was not far off. Yeah, Cracker Ninja. What was, wait, why one eight seven? Um, because it's the police code for homicide, and Scream was my favorite horror movie. Oh wow, actually, that's a great yeah. name. Oh, yeah, cool. so I put oh, those two together, a, and um, got an edge to that. Yeah, Cracker Ninja was because I was a white kid that did martial arts. Of course. So. I kept, right. I kept it simple on that one. You and the uh, gentleman in Beverly Hills, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, <laughs> my... Yeah, he was very adept at uh, swinging on the tops of palm trees yep. and launching himself. Yeah. Yep. I remember one time watching that and looking at my friends, and I was like, are we enjoying this? And we kind of were like, no, but we rented it. So. Oh, I saw that I movie in it. theaters. I loved it. I loved I, it. That was, I know that was, that, that was the general that consensus, yeah. but it was like, I remember for love. us, we were just kind of like, you are not Okay, I think we also didn't realize it was going to be more of a farce. <laughs> and we were just like, oh, okay. Because we had watched Dragon Ball Z right before that. And we're like, okay, we're kind of coming down. Yeah. Uh, mine was Inside Joker. And it was the I in Inside was I-Y-E-Y-E. Because that was my band name for a hot second. And then we became the Storks later. Um <laughs> And we still have music online. And what? We were a really good band. Like, it's, I'm not even just saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, we did whatever. Like, honestly, I think we made some really good music. I we were on TV that. for a little bit on, like, some, like... Local TV? Local TV stuff where it's, like, local sports coverage. And then they were, like, and there's a battle of the bands. And we did that. We played at, like, a bunch of, like, concerts around town. What would you play? Yeah. I like, played guitar. And then one time... But what, like, style? What was your genre? A bunch of kids that listen to like Bowie and the Beatles. Oh my god! But Inside Joke was it? Inside Joke was a bunch of kids that listened to Blink One Eighty Two and Weezer. Okay. Uh, but then later, the Storks became a bunch of teenagers who listened to a lot of early Liz Fair. Mm-hmm. So, guys, if you can find any of this material on the internet anywhere, please post it for us to see. Yes, yes, we need it. A friend made a fan page for the Storks <laughs> for, I believe, for Inside Joke. Well, I want shirts of both. And then That's our little symbol was um, this character that my buddy Tommy and I drew. He played lead guitar. Uh, that it was a plankton that was like giving like the rock on hands. And then it, for some reason we like came across the, cra- the phrase plankton on the floor. And we were like, "That's amazing!" It was like some science experiment. It was like, "There's plankton on the floor. How do you count it?" And so, like, one of our first songs was "Plankton on the Floor." And then in an English class, it was like "The Recuperating Joan." And we're like, "We got to write a song about Recuperating Joan." <laughs> we stayed up like all night one night just writing uh, "Recuperating Joan." Recuperating Joan. And we lived. Those were the halcyon years, guys. 
Amazing. I want a, I want a reunion. I want a reunion yeah. show. I want a reunion tour. Everyone's still really good at... I mean, no, everyone but me is really good. Mm-hmm. I'm all right, and I now hey, play mandolin. We could get Inside Edition, my Inside Joker, and the Mosh Potatoes to team up for a reunion For an tour. Inside Edition? Mm-hmm. That's my old band. I think I've told you that. Right? No. Oh, yeah, my old This is the band, first time hearing a lot of these things. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I... I mentioned it a lot on the podcast, but I haven't told you Brent yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in a punk band called the Mosh Potatoes. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that... Um, they got into the club? <laughs> they got ease. <laughs> How do you think Cordy dealt with her surprise pregnancy? And then I want to say, how do you think that Angel and Wes dealt with the surprise pregnancy in that order? I think that Wes is just still trying to be relevant. And I think that he is still self-conscious about his inclusion in the group. So which I think we'll get into even more the- so in uh, an episode, a couple episodes from now, mm-hmm. where that's more highlighted so Wes was more kind of a little self-centered about it instead of just being like whoa you're pregnant we should give you some time like let's figure it out uh no I think he was into it but I think he was kind of I think what's interesting about Angel is they don't have friends outside of each other but Mm -hmm. they are work friends they're not like friends friends they're not friends friends it's It's not not like like how I met your mother situation no or Buffy even Mm -hmm. where it's like these are my people and we're choosing to do this higher calling activity together because this is what our friend is going through an angel it's familiarity in a big bad city that brings these people together and then also they work together so at the same time it's like these characters will become friends and i think that cordy going through this is the first time that kind of angel and definitely wesley are really concerned for her, uh, for her safety on a level that it's their friend. Yeah, I, th- I think we definitely see them both rallying behind her and doing whatever they can to make sure that she ends up on the safer side of the situation. Yeah, and uh, how it happened in the first place and everything. So I, 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 this is more of a definitely more of a team effort between Wesley and Angel that we've seen thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, and showing a little, yeah, it's like you said, it shows a little more connection between all three of them and yeah. how one of them is suffering. So they're all trying to help end that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Cordy has a higher calling now as well Mm -hmm. with the visions. And that, you know, LA, which is typically a very superficial space and trying to be seen in entertainment is a very... You know, at its core, the idea of enlightening people and, you know, a performer and an actor bringing art to life to alleviate the suffering of the people, that is the noble journey in Los Angeles as, you know, we experience here as artists ourselves. We, you struggle to keep that uh, artistic purity even anywhere in your mind. I mean, I don't think our community has trouble doing that because I think we all really love the stuff that we're passionate about we want to make stories that are important but i think at the same time in like the photographer realm or in this sort of like you know instagram future that will come that this is like 1999 showing that la has always had that side of it and that cordy is now kind of being tugged in the direction of being attached to this passion that she did not have her whole life like we were talking about last week it wasn't like she was an actress in sunnydale Mm -hmm. and so she just kind of chose this. And so will she want to continue to do this? And yeah, the whole like her friends who aren't really her friends. 
I like how you mentioned the Instagram future that will be because there's there's a lot in <laughs> one of the things that stuck out in this episode is how Angel very avidly uh, uses the phone book to find the address <laughs> yeah. or locations yeah. of things and like I remember back then that's what that's how you found stuff that's yeah. everything was listed in the phone book there wasn't a Google to Google no. things you just like hoped it was already on a piece of paper somewhere and, and if printed. it wasn't in the newspaper yeah. you searched your phone book and it's it's amazing how many plot points are solved just by him opening the yellow pages mm-hmm. yeah what was your guys's favorite non-popular web browser or not web browser I'm so sorry search mm-hmm. engine Oh man, um, I came in late. I always come in late to the game with how everybody's using everything. So I ca- oh, you know what? Ask Jeeves. You were an Ask Jeeves guy. Yeah, I was an Ask okay. Jeeves guy. I was Ask Jeeves for a little bit too, because you would you would write Ask like, hey Jeeves. Yeah, it'd be a very good specific. Pair of shoes, and then this Jeeves would be like, oh, you want Adidas? Yeah, and I was like, well, Jeeves said it. I think He's it was called Ask dot com. It was yeah. Ask dot com. Yeah. I think it started Ask Jeeves, wasn't it? And then they got rid of Jeeves. Because they just wanted to go to ask, and then that so then was, you could just ask things, and then and then it was just all downhill from there. <laughs> because it was like, no, Jeeves over, was man. here. Jeeves was the was, was the, the heart and soul. Yeah. I trusted him. Yeah, he, he had a, a British, nice smile. Yeah, he was like an older British butler or something. You right? felt safe. Yeah. Do you guys think Vision in the Marvel movies feels a little replaced by Friday? You know what I mean. Uh, you know what I mean. Wait, what? Friday in, in Ultron. As hilarious I would like to have that moment be, I don't think Vision is worrying about not Vision being Jeeves Vision does not care at all, right? Vision's no. like, I can shoot a laser beam out of my... Yeah. You uh, can have your girl Friday. <laughs> I want to go back to this club. Yeah. Let's talk about the club. Because, first, first of all, <laughs> the bartender is uh, Josh Randall, who would go on to uh, be one of the co-stars in Ed for its entire series. Um, that I would love, but um, and I, so I used to watch that all the time. It's where a lot of actors that we know now today kind of got their start or their first big breaks. Um, but more importantly, I'm kind of wondering since it's a club that takes place in LA and it's supposed to be super trendy, what is the worst Hollywood club experience you guys have ever had? Ooh, Hollywood specifically, or just nightclub in general? Ooh, nightclub in general. Whichever story oh, is going to be more entertaining sad, to you. One. Oh, this you, is you're so ready embarrassing. For it? Go for it. But this is, like, bad. Like, when you guys hear this, you're going to be like, oh, that's right. Every time you're like, honestly, I'm a terrible human being, you're like, oh, that's what you're referring to. Uh, a friend, we were, go- so um, there is a club in downtown Santa Barbara that has a name called Wildcat, but everyone calls it Shitty Kitty. And they have several <laughs> occasional, it's, like, not, like, a gay club, but it's has several gay nights, so mm-hmm. it effectively became a gay club. So then my buddy and I, we had like some friends who were like recently coming out or coming to terms with their queer identity. And we were like, let's all go get drinks and let's go to Shitty Kitty and like have like a fun night. And then my buddy and I were just like, hey, what if like we try to see how many guys like we can flirt with? And we're like a point no! system. Oh my! Well, here's the thing is like, I'm not like, I know that I have a voice made for radio. Thank you very much. I appreciate that compliment. But... <laughs> Like, it did not go well, and I was just like, hey, how's it going? And the guy's like, no thanks. And, like, it happened 20 times. And also, every time you attempted to flirt with someone, you got knocked down. It got, you got docked a point. And we, Oh, you were on a point system. We are on a point system. Like, legitimately gamifying human interaction. Like, the worst possible. Mm -hmm. And if you're like, well, you were in college. It was like, no, I graduated. Um, And (laughs) so, I think by the end of the night, 
I lost because I was negative 23, but he won because he was negative 22. And it was just like the ride back was just, it was quiet. Like we just didn't talk about it. <laughs> and we were just like, well, I mean, if that's not wrong? instant karma, I don't know what is. I know. Yeah. That's like, we're not even going to wait for the next cycle of life. You're not even coming back as like a bug. Like you're just an <laughs> asshole right now, pal. So Nobody a, wants you. It was one of those things where, like, it was, like, two straightish guys were just, like, I bet you gay guys would love us. And then very quickly, it's just, like, am I, f- am I fat? Like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> like, am I not, do I not work out enough? And then the guys are just, like, yeah, uh, you don't. <laughs> like, God, okay. I'm just going to go in a hole. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's my um, worst. But I worst? made that a bad, like, it's not, like, oh, God, something you, terrible. You deserved what you got. Exactly. That, that was completely yeah. on me, and I still... Yeah. Have I? Yeah. Oh no! After I you mean, said. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, the the worst one that didn't even turn into being in the club, but was almost like a night at the Roxbury type experience, where I just moved to LA. That was back when my friend Birdman. I don't know. Did you ever meet Birdman? I met Birdman. Yeah. So Birdman was living here at the time. He no longer does. He lives in Chicago, and some friends from out of town were visiting. So we we're like, we're gonna take you on out on the town to a Hollywood nightclub. So we get in line and stay in line, and it never moved. And as like the time progressed and as the hours went on, and it was like, what are we doing? And I came to realize, I like asked the bouncer about this, and he did not like that I had gotten out of the line and was having a conversation with him. Um, he told me that, no, he's like, no, no one in this line is going to get in. Like, then why not just say it's closed? I don't know. I was like, what do you mean? Like, we're not, like, getting in based on capacity? You're not letting some people in? He's like, oh, no, no, it's full in there. No one's leaving. I'm like, then why are we here? Put your civil engineering degree to use and tell the people. Put out a sign. Yeah. Let them know. So that was, that was awful because we didn't get in. My most, like, this is a club experience was a friend of mine from high school was dating someone who was kind of effectively like the worst. The, yeah, not maybe. <laughs> I don't know him that well, but he was like a club guy. Okay, okay, a like club he, rat. Uh, or a good or name like for that. he was like he was like the club ratigan. Okay, like he was the <laughs> king of of the rats. <laughs> um, and so he got us in, and I was not. I'm not like really a, like a hip cool club guy mm-hmm. but i like to dance and so we're in this club and we have like the bottle section and it's very strobe lady it was very intense it was just like we were getting the experience which it turns out is not that special no but it was course, still yeah. exciting and so i wandered off on my own because like i wasn't necessarily like connecting with this group and it was just like so this is like a glitzy, glamorous situation, but all we're doing is just like standing here near each other and not having conversations and listening to this like type music. So I left and I wandered the hall and then I found myself in a much more interesting situation, which was like the Burning Man party next door. Okay. And my buddy Teddy, who lives below me and is probably below us right now, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I gotta get out of that club. Everybody's just wearing like all these like shiny clothes and... And so then I come into this room where people are like dressed up like 
animals. Like at first I thought I was at like a furry nightclub and mm-hmm. it turns out it wasn't a furry nightclub. It was just Burning Man people. And they all had these like funny little like ears on and everyone was just like, Ooh, and the music was better. Mm-hmm. But it was like the, the difference between the two of them because everybody was there with the same intention, but it was like all of a sudden I felt like I'd wandered into like an Alice in Wonderland nightmare. But uh, that was an interesting thing. That's crazy. Yeah. How about you? Um, I had officially moved in to LA for a month. Welcome. Uh, it was my first month in Los Angeles, and I ended up uh, booking a gig playing a monster in the uh, haunted house at the Playboy Mansion. Great. Whoa. Over and by Westwood? Uh, yeah. And uh, which I had done purely to make my friends back home jealous. Of it course. was this thing of like, because you weren't getting paid for it. It was this like volunteer thing. And like, I personally, and I'm like not. Like a beach cleanup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like. You got the job. Yeah. <laughs> it's a free job. And like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying this to make myself look good or anything, but like, Playboy's not necessarily my cup of tea. But I did it specifically because I knew that once I told my friends back home, they'd be like, oh, my God, already? Yeah. Like, he's at the Playboy Mansion partying already? Oh, my God. And it worked perfectly because I get there. (laughs) I send a picture with a mass text going, happy Halloween, everybody. And unbeknownst to me, all of my friends were actually at a party together. So they all got the text at the same (laughs) time and spent the rest of the night arguing amongst themselves about, like, how I'd be there and wouldn't even enjoy it. It was great. It worked perfectly. But um, after the haunted house was over, um, they allowed us to go into like the the Playboy pool, the house mm-hmm. thing, um, which is this legendary place where crazy stuff is supposed to happen. So we're like, and all right, Stanley sure. I spent a lot of time in that house. Apparently so. So I walk in there, and it's it's everything you'd expect or have heard happens at the Playboy pool the house place thing it's Uno. people are doing things mm-hmm. people are doing things in the pool it's all very like it's and i the thing was the energy that i was getting from everybody else because i'm just kind of sitting there mildly judging are everything. you dressed as a monster i'm still in somewhat of the costume what was your costume it was this weird vampire zombie hybrid thing it was not a well thought out deal <laughs> yeah it's it was, that's insulting yeah i was not proud of it but um yeah, so I'm walking. I'm watching her. I'm watching all this stuff go on, and what I'm noticing is that everyone who's there isn't there because they want to be at the like Playboy pool house. It's because they want to say they were there. Of course, like it's everyone's there just to say that they to were text there. Their it was back yeah. Home in it was all yeah. So like mine, mine was coming off of a point to like make all my friends jealous and like you know piss them off. Um, make them be like yeah. Everybody big, else was big like city hey, man guess what? living yeah. it up. Everybody else was there was just to be like, yeah, I spent my Halloween at the Playboy Playboy Mansion, and I totally saw people having sex in the pool. It was just like it was in the 70s. Like, everybody wanted it to be something it was it was Whoa. else, and I just had this miserable time watching everyone trying to pretend to be, you know, something they weren't. Um, yeah, so that was my, that was my wow. L.A. nightlife story. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Bottle service, and this is like a very easy yes or no question. Bottle service is just when you get bottles of alcohol to your table. Pretty much. You, you reserve a table, and or you manage to get one, and they just bring you over a whole bottle so that you don't have to go to the bar all the time so and they charge you outrageously for it. So they don't mix it for you, so it's just you're paying more to do work. Yeah, no. To ruin the illusion of being at a bar. For a good amount of 
the nightclubs, what they'll do is they'll bring a, a chilled bar, a bottle of some kind of alcohol Grey Goose or something. Yeah, and I you'll was also have Grey separate. Goose as well. <laughs> it seems like a bar, like a bottle yeah. service. Yeah, you and you'll have little separate bottles of all like the cocktail mixers and stuff. And yeah, you'll do it yourself sometimes more than off, more often than not. Can I then just pitch an idea to you guys? Nope. Next okay. question. <laughs> yes, of course. Who is the last Jedi? Uh, my Luke. I don't know. I don't think he's a Jedi anymore. <gasps> Maybe he never was one. Whoa. Wait a second. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go for it. I don't know yet. Maybe They're not in the novels he, anymore. He didn't finish his training. Yeah. I, if I didn't get a degree, am I a, a, a degree holder? No. No. No, I'm not. That's a definite for sure. Well, the Jedi I mean, one is ambiguous. Yes. That one I yeah, definitely. Yeah, because like if you're yeah. a dentist, you didn't get a dentist degree, but you're like doing I mean, surgery. You're not a college graduate, but you are college educated. There it is. He might be like Jedi adjacent. <laughs> uh, Jedi. He's an adjunct Jedi. <laughs> He's an adjunct Jedi. A Jedi. <laughs> I hope they do address that he didn't finish his training with Yoda and that that affected the timeline. Like Yoda pops in for like a hot second. Is like I would. I would. I want nothing more, and I know it won't be in it. Frank but I want nothing more than uh, Force Ghost Yoda talking to Luke. I don't want like pup. I don't want CGI one. I no. want like puppet, yeah, puppet. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to so the my Your pr- question. proposal to you guys is that instead of paying an outrageous amount to go sit in a bar and then not get served, could we just you buy a chilled bottle of alcohol? And then go to like the Hollywood Bowl or something where you can take like a bottle of alcohol and pay that entrance fee or whatever that you would pay for that table, but you go watch a concert and you're doing exactly what you would have done anyway, except you can go to like Food for Less or like Bevmo or something and just get that bottle for cheaper than the bar would sell to you, even though they're not doing anything. There's ser- there's no service involved in the bottle service. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I think mm. you're describing a picnic. Yeah, so should we go <laughs> on a picnic but call a bottle service? Yeah. And tell people like, hey, we're going to, we have bottle service over at Griffith. Do you want to come? And they'll be like, what? How'd you get bottle service at Griffith? It's like, uh, I don't know, like initiative. <laughs> the initiative? The demon research initiative? Yeah, the oh, initiative okay. from season four Buffy. Okay. <laughs> Oh, they brought it? Great. We're going to go celebrate. We're going to have Fall of Finn <laughs> <laughs> drinks <laughs> at Kermit's Park, if you'd like to come with. Um, uh, how, you were saying uh, before about how the budget for this show actually seems to be getting along around this time in the series. Yeah, they're figuring um, it out. Yeah, I, I think we get a great example of that with the giant monster at the end, yeah. who actually is a giant monster. Yeah, actually a giant monster. Nice, like, trick photography, sure. Um, he actually does look like he's taking up the entire warehouse thing. Yeah. Instead of like, just we'll steal props from another show and like, yeah. hopefully you don't see it in the shadows. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's just another variation of like an evil person who like takes their eyeballs out. Mm-hmm. My question with this though, is that Angel does away with this demon by throwing a massive thing of nitrous Liquid nitrogen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a la Goldeneye. Yeah. Um, my, here's my thing. Angel, although very resourceful, how the hell did he get an entire like keg full of liquid nitrogen that he'd be able to throw and, and shoot and take out this entire amount? How did he even know that would be enough? And once again, where did he find one in sh- it's such a short amount of time? You'd have, to ta- <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to take it from like a facility right from a lab or a medical facility 
that would have that much. Like, he would roll up to an observatory that has, like, coolant. Yeah, but, like, even then, logistically speaking, trying to get from there to that spot to the location in L.A. traffic, no less... I mean, it it it's it was a reach for me. That's I agree. All. Yeah. This was this was this was this was the plot hole of the episode. Unless mm, maybe okay. he had it on hand to survive second summer in Los Angeles. No, this premiered in January, right? Yeah, it January twenty fifth. How do I remember the air dates of all these episodes? Last week I got January eighteenth right, and then this week, oh, I guess you can just keep adding seven. But uh, <laughs> is that why? No, wait, you're not seeing him in the, in the book. I'm not, I don't look at the book. You have the book next to you. I'm not near the, there's a laptop between me and the book. Yeah, you're right. Looks like Angel's not the only one with perfect memory. <gasps> Who else? Who's the other person? Just kidding. That's more of a critical <laughs> thinking question than a memory one, so that joke didn't quite work. And that's our bell, which means we're almost out of time. But before that, we have discussed so much, we've covered so much ground, and I love the fact that we're really focusing on the Los Angeles themes of the show, or elements at least. Uh, but that also means we get to provide for you guys Los Angeles lessons that we've learned. So, what are the Los Angeles lessons you guys learned for, specifically from this episode you can apply to your life in L.A.? Um, somewhere, there is a very high-end posh gun club <laughs> that you can go shoot your shoot your guns off in like a velvet room yep. and such, which is something I would like to see. So that's on my Pinterest bucket list of places <laughs> to see in Los Angeles. Um, my Los Angeles lesson for the episode is it would be silly to distrust all people that have, um, two first names, but if they're also a photographer and only a photographer, run, run. (laughs) That's your Los Angeles lesson. Mm -hmm. Uh, and mine would be, um, Go to a bar restaurant if you're a 19 year old. <laughs> like, not just a bar. Make sure they've I, got a kitchen. Make sure they've also got a kitchen. <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> All right, guys, that's our last bell, which means we gotta get out of here. They're like, hey, you guys shouldn't be in the central library. So we got Dennis holding the door really quick. Uh, where can they find you, sir? Uh, James Brent Isaacs. You can find me on Twitter at the real underscore JBI. And on Instagram as James, James, James. The last James has six A's. It's confusing for no reason. How about you, Chris? Hey, guys, I'm Chris Permonte. You can find me as a Montioc on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And every Thursday on Hyper RPG's The Gauntlet. And you can find uh, Omar and I on Hyper RPG's Buffy RPG Show on Tuesdays at 8.30. Uh, spread the word on that. We want to be able to keep doing that one. We uh, would love to connect with more Buffy audiences. Let them know we're making up original stories in the Buffy universe. Um, and then uh, Robot Teammate, my musical improv group. Find us on Twitter. We're going to be in New York doing our musical Turbulence on the at the Soho Playhouse off-Broadway. So please come check us out if you're on the East Coast. Help us spread the word as much as we can. We're promoting from L.A., trying to sell out shows on the opposite coasts. It is an interesting challenge. But we're up to it, and we need your help. So if you could do that, that would be great. How about you, Omar? I'm Omar Najam. You can always find me at Twitter uh, as Omar Najam. And also I'm now on Instagram in an active capacity at Omar Najam Film. As opposed to Omar Lives in L.A. Omar Lives in L.A. I just had to can because it was just getting... People responded legitimately where I was just like, this soup's got calories. No thanks. And they're like, yeah, eating's for losers. And I was like, oh, God, never mind. I don't want to be part of this. Uh, (laughs) So Omar Najam Film is where I actually put up like pictures and videos and stuff like that of things I find interesting and I'm working on and just stuff I enjoy doing. And uh, also, this is the beginning of October. 
which means that I just put up the 13 Days 13 Shorts themes announcement. 13 Days 13 Shorts is a festival we do at the end of October. The last 13 days each get a theme and people make art inspired by those themes. It's that simple. We're just celebrating Halloween. We're just celebrating the autumn spirit. We're celebrating horror or spookiness or creativity and fantasy, however you see it. So those will be uh, happening at the end of the 13 days. If you'd like to sign up for any of those to make art, it's non-committal. So if you want to sign up for all 13 and you can only do one day, that's totally fine. You can do anything you want. Check it out at 13days13shorts on Twitter or 13days13shorts.tumblr.com. All right, guys. That oh, Speaking of oh, 13 Days oh, 13 Shorts, mm-hmm. if you want to look up on YouTube the misinformants, me and Branson from Robot Teammate did right. 13 improvised songs in a fake band we made called The Misinformants. Yeah. You check them out. It's great. Zombie Queen's actually pretty good. Zombie Queen's really good. <laughs> all right, guys. That does it for us. Thank you so much for joining us for our discussion uh, of an episode all about expecting the unexpected. <laughs> we will be back up in Sunnydale next week. Until then, pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you then. <laughs>